Jacko loves stray dogs. Beastie loves Sturlo. You know what they say about playing the game? You can't hear it today. I said now. Welcome back to Legal Counsel, coming at you on a Tuesday evening, same as last week. We had a little bit of a hiccup last night. Jack, uh, as always, how's it going, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Um, apologies for the hiccup last night and all our listeners worldwide. I, I um, Mumsy actually had a night out, um, out for dinner, so I'd look after the two kids, and I basically... I just couldn't. Every time I came downstairs to record, Trevor, my 11-month-old, just started bawling. He's just, geez, tough work compared to the daughter. I thought it was supposed to be the other way around. The second one was a little bit easier. No, I was talking to a couple of guys today at work, and they were saying, I thought it was something to do with male-female, but it's not that either. So it's just it's just luck of the draw-based. Yeah, yeah, true. Hey, how close are you to the mic? You sound like you're um, breathing down the phone like a rapist at the moment. Are you, do you <laughs> Sorry, mate. Yeah. yeah, I actually put it right next to me like Dale Earnhardt Jr. pit crew. Yeah, Sorry, okay. Who, out of interest, speaks... Is there someone who speaks with the... You know when you see the commentators speaking with the mics and they have it, like, pointed forward a little bit? It's almost touching underneath their lip. That's more of a cricket thing, isn't it? Or does that also go into all broadcast sports? Uh, it sort of punches you, forward a bit, you know, the no, mic? You know, I'm wearing a headset, mate, like a, at a, like a Optus oh, really? call centre. Oh, have you ever worked at a call centre before? Never. You haven't either. Don't nah. say you have. No, nah. no. I haven't um, lived in the Philippines. Or Delhi. I've dealt with that. I've told you that yarn when I um went I had to go to India for a mate's wedding and I got a visa and it mm. cost you like I think it cost you sixty or maybe fifty US bucks. It's quite expensive. And basically I I applied for it online and I just didn't get my photo uploaded right or I mm. I didn't upload it and it just came emailed straight back and said, uh, declined, you gotta pay fifty bucks. You know, I'm like for what the hell? And I rang up like Delhi and got this guy on the line and he's like, no, nah, you must have to pay another 50 bucks. I was like, oh, I'll just email you the photo. You got pure Indian bureaucracy. And yeah. then I go to him, mate, your cricket team is shit. You can't even beat New Zealand. We've only got 4 million people. You've got 1.2. And he got in like a massive slagging match with me. Like, <laughs> it, it actually bit him right to the bone. And did it speed the process up or not? No, didn't he, didn't he? I just hung up on him because he, he was getting all his mates in to go, oh, but you shit, you didn't win the last time in the 2020 World Cup, so you won and stuff like that. <laughs> just real shit, Indian banter. Um, what I wanted to do this week, mate, though, is I just want to start off with, before we get onto our agenda, which is um, full to the gunnels with league chat, but, and as us, we'll never really get through it all, um, save a little bit up for next week, but... I'm going to ask you two trivia questions about the NRL after we've had 16 rounds. 15. Um, 15. 15 rounds. Who? So we are actually exactly halfway through the season. No, mate. No, because you're taking into account finals football and rep football. No, because, well, that's, I don't know. You don't talk about halfway through, you feel halfway through the minor season or the actual premiership season which means teams have played 14 and 15 games. They're only going to play another... If you're the Rabbitohs, you've got nine more games. Or if you're the Panthers, you've got 10 more games. So we're fucking on the down. We're on the downhill run here. But anyway, I wanted to start off with two trivia questions for you based on the positions after round 16, round 15. Who has 
the best home record in the NRL at eight wins and no losses. The only team this year that hasn't lost at home. The only team that hasn't lost at home would be the Dragons. Correct. They have an away record of three and three, which is pretty average when it comes to um, most of the teams throughout the competition. So, um, good, good from you. Good from you. Okay. Who has the best away record at six and one? I would say the best away record six and one. It's not the Warriors, is it? Oh, you're good, mate. Very good. Six and one, a so team we... that people basically have been slagging for a, a good, whatever, how long we've been around since 1995, about not being able to win away from home. We're six and one this year. Now, admittedly, we had the advantage of playing one of those away games in Christchurch, but we also had one away game in Perth as well. And the only way loss was coming in Melbourne. Melbourne. Official point drumming. Pretty interesting. Now It is, and there's other, there, I saw another good stat today about of the top 10 teams... How many of how many games they've got left are top eight games? Yep. Now we've got oh sorry the Warriors have got six. So in the of the how many Ten rounds games. left? Ten Ten games. Games left, six of our games against top eight sides. Mm-hmm. Dragons have three. Mm. Does it really matter? Because I reckon it's almost there's the argument that you want to get a good run in. Um, but you know, it's, be, it's, it's, be... it's not necessarily the ladder. It's it's you know how some people like your Jamie Sowards. I mean, it's not uncommon. Everyone does a power rankings. You do a, it's, it's who's in form. I mean, I would say that the Cowboys. Whenever you play the Cowboys in Townsville, that's a very hard game. You know, it's not like playing if you were at home to say the Sharks or the Broncos. An away game versus the Cowboys is much harder than a home game to the Sharks or Broncos. So you need a degree of difficulty over the top of just a top eight and bottom eight ranking, don't you reckon? Yeah, I think so. I think they've got... Uh, this, I think Raiders have got seven of the last ten of top eight teams. Raiders. So that's why... I, I think they've left their run too late. Or well, have they? I, because they are currently sitting on 14 points with six wins. Well, look at this way. If they do make it and they win, they beat seven of the eight, then they're going to be flying into the finals. Well, the, the the Raiders are only two wins behind the Broncos, and their four and against is 80 better than the Broncos. So they're on minus 44 versus a positive 36 for the Raiders. Oh. And I don't know. Look, the Broncos are pretty unconvincing. I would say one to seven is in that order. Guaranteed, Dragons, Rabbitohs, Panthers, Warriors, Storm, Roosters, Sharks. We've been saying that for a while now. But I think what we can do now is, despite them being on 14 points, they've played one extra game than the Raiders. You can put a black line through the Tigers. They aren't the same team, are they? No, they, uh, they're getting shown up now. Well, I mean, they didn't... Yeah, they're just getting shown up. And I can't... No, they're not, they're, let's not be honest. They're not coming back from here. No. So... Do you give the Raiders a sniff of catching? So basically what I'm saying is, can the Raiders catch the Broncos? 
No, I thought, I, I, to me, the Broncos, they toughed out that game at Sharp Park. They, that was, they a, that a, was a very defining game, that win there, because if they didn't win that, then there's two points between the Raiders and the Broncos. That's a single win. And then yep. if they uh, the Sharks won that one, they go up to 20 points, um, and they basically slide in where they stay seventh. Doesn't make a huge difference to them, but they are very within striking distance of the four. Um, yeah, but I, I reckon if you're talking about home and away records, I'm sure the Broncos' home record isn't as good as their away record. I just nah, they're I, four and two at home, four and four away. No, I'm talking about in general. Mm, yeah, they, they're not the, I, the home dominant force that they were well, in the glory days because yeah. I think so many people get up for Suncorp now. It's such exactly. a, it's such an arena in terms of rugby league that stadiums is. is that teams yeah. get up for it so much. And I know again. Um, using a easy example, when the Warriors play there, they just get such a huge amount of Kiwi fans, and they generally bar up and play pretty well at um, yeah. at Suncorp. And, and I know like there's the, other teams like the Raiders play well there too, don't they? Yeah, yeah. And, the, the, and there's Storm. the reverse. I think we've seen this on the show. The Warriors, they seem to have their Kiwis lift a level. The, the opposition teams, Kiwis lift a, mm. a lift level at Mount Smart in front of yeah. their friends and family, and it sort yep. of kills them off. Exactly. What did were your big takeaways from round 15? I wanted to start with, again, while we're on the Raiders, we've been very, um, we haven't been that nice to them so far this season. We've got a lot of big Raiders fans, yeah, Henry Buds and yeah, Damien Pashby's of the world. And there's a guy on one of my forums, I can't remember his name, Mike somebody, I think he's a Queenslander too. But I like Raiders fans, they sort of, they, they aren't, they're likeable, right? They're yeah. not pricks. No, they're just good league lovers, and they don't get too bitter with losing. Um, I think they have a love-hate affair with Ricky, but the Raiders are generally yeah, being entertainers. The other thing, about, the other thing you'll find about, if you looked at a, a, a club fan age profile, hmm. I think Raiders fans are a lot around our age group, maybe two years either side, but then I think you fall away. Like If you're a kid now... Or in the last fifteen years, you're not—they're not really a team. You'd—they don't have the player that so, sort of unites a kids team. You know, kids, you, unites kids. Exciting. I don't think they have a lot of young fans coming through. Um, no, I reckon their sweet spot on their age the graph, their fans, yeah, definitely, because they saw those glory years. I mean, if if the Warriors never came along, I would be that guy that you're talking about, mid thirties, <laughs> loves guy, his race. Yeah. Loves your league. Loves my league. Yeah, you... Makes a few um, few big statements. But I actually am in the same apartment building as a bloke from Canberra, big league man, always watches his um, Raiders. And he's got a five-year-old that he always makes wear a Raiders jersey and sits in front of the t- um, of the tally. And uh, when we played the Raiders earlier in the year with that double field goal from Johnson, I made it known that I was supporting the Warriors. I opened up the doors. Um, uh, but anyway, what about this young man from Hull coming back this weekend and the dummy half? How much of a difference did he make? Brett Hod- uh, Josh Hodgson. Yeah, it was him, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. You can't say it was just a fluke. It's either he, he got them on the front foot out of dummy half and I think the other guys, there's a bit of lift around him. Um, they, he, he gets the other guys playing. They have confidence in him. He He's a good dummy half and it's God, great that England or Britain can still produce good footballers they just need the they need to come over here early you know is this a golden generation of English rugby league I heard him saying on in an interview on the fan which is 
got to be the best rugby league show out there. You've been on record saying that. And Vossi was interviewing um, Josh Hodgson and saying that um, he thinks that they're building something with England. It's the first time I've heard him say that, you know, they're building something. They've got a very talented forward pack, um, a couple of big, nice, juicy outside backs, but probably not that much else. I mean, Gareth Webb obviously is a class player. Yeah, exactly. I think the key is you're still going to have the youngsters playing up um, up league up there around the MCC, but the key is getting over here or over, yeah, over here early. Um, you know, are, do NRL scouts start looking at Because the money is better now. It's it's funny how the economy's changed. Mm. You know, late 90s, early 2000s, the pound was strong. You were still making in good money, as good a money as the NRL there. So, I just think there's there is that there's a bigger pool with the Aussie dollar now. Are are some clubs sending um, uh, some scouts over there? Is yeah, it well, worth they, doing? They are. And and, they and, are? and okay. the Canberra Raiders. We just talked about them. They've signed two more English players for next season. One yeah, of but them... they're, getting, they're getting them at senior football. I'm talking get them when they're eight years old in there. Well, you're going. Well, you can't sign them rugby league player in his eight years. There's actually rules that prohibit you that. Can. No, what, you can't. In England? Well, you no, you can't pl- sign a player under the age. I think it might be 14, 13. Okay, I mean it's a high risk. I mean at eight, you don't know what he could turn. You don't know what you're getting at eight year old. I mean, think of all the great players that you played that were eight, oh. and they turn out to be the guys that are in jail. Yeah, but I guess you don't have to pay them that much at eight, right? I like, played um, contact sport well, with a bloke um, who was the best player in where I was from in the bottom of the South Island, New Zealand. And yeah. he used, was so good, he wore waterproof pants. He didn't wear shorts. Now, it was fucking freezing down there, but it's, just, <laughs> it's almost like he's making a statement. He's peacocking that he wore these blue waterproof pants. And what? some of the parents complained because he was too hard to tackle because you just slide off them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just envisioning that. Just that is just <laughs> what um uh, what was his? Yeah, don't worry. What was his culture? Um, he was a very, very, very bogan, rat-tailed white boy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so round fifteen. Anything else? What, so, what the other, the other thing? I mean, the storm. The storm. Are they under the radar? <sighs> good. I find I it hard. Not- I find it hard to judge them. You know, I'm always a bad judge of how good the storm are. So don't ask me. I need to ask you. Are how good are the storm? They are, they are good, off, mate. Yeah. They, they are good. The fort, they've got some good young New Zealanders there. They have Cameron Munster. Their wingers, Vunivalu's having a pretty of a shocker, but we do think he's got it in him. They have a Jerome Hughes who is showing that there is life after Billy Slater. Um, they're a good side. In fact, we have a a fan of the show, Stu Rich. He's actually been going through all our back catalogue, mm. which I'm not too happy about, actually, mm. because he's pulling out stuff. Like He's listening to some of our earlier episodes of the year, and I'm not sure what, which one of us said it, but we said that the contenders this year were the Storm. Well, you wouldn't have said that. It would have been me. Storm, Cowboys, and the Eels. <laughs> and my pretender was the Dragons. Oh, we are... But I still think there's a wee bit, I have to admit. Okay. And I said, and I said, the first coach to get the hook would be Hook, and I'm going to stand by that though. How can you can't get? Because well, no, because I don't think. Because I don't think 
there'll be a coach fired this year. And then all of a sudden next year, the, t- the coach that are under pressure, uh, who you could say are Dean Pay, because they're not going to get rid of him, right? They're not going to get rid of Nathan Brown, who is the other one that's Trent probably... Barrett. But they'll keep Barrett. They'll give him still more of a go. Trent Barrett, I think Garth Brennan has got a good three-year go. I think Brad Arthur's been off. I've heard that he's um, secure. Anthony Seabold, he's not going anywhere. Paul Green has been rumoured to be the next Brisbane coach. Uh, So Wayne Bennett. Is Wayne Bennett the next guy to go? Well, yeah, it's him or Hook anyway. Or Trent Robinson, if he's another season. Okay, round 15, Storm. Trent Robinson will stay that storm and I thought um, just the the absolute disgusting match at Belmore I turned it on and I honestly thought it was New South Wales Cup that looked oh you took the words what out of my mouth I watched it the state of the play it was just I watched it at Canterbury Holstone RSL in the Canterbury Bankstown area and I looked at it and it looked everything about it scream New South Wales Cup. There was no good players running around out there. The Titans were just carving up, looking like <laughs> the late 2000s storm. And the Dogs, they don't have any player. Like Matt Frawley is the worst playmaker I've seen since I think Daniel Holdsworth or maybe Travis Burns. He's yeah, right up. That bad. Hey, Frawley. No, no, Holdsworth, Holdsworth. I think Holdsworth is a lot better than Frawley. Jeremy Marshall King is not a first grader. He's just got a famous brother. He's terrible. He's got the worst um, line engagement rate um, out of any half in the game. I read something that um, so much traffic was going between Frawley and John Olive that they were going to have to start a toll road there. <laughs> but that's the like John Olive. He's went from the bunnies to the titans to the doggies. And like those half a are year. the players you need to realise are crap. Although that, I, that's why I still think James Gavet might still be shit. Um, I'm just I was disgusted. But the game of the round had to be the Sharks Broncos. That was high quality. The Sharks they may have lost, but I don't think they lost any admirers, did they? They're a good yeah, football team. Yeah. You know that um, in the top six we are or sorry the Warriors are the highest odds to win the premiership really so the Storm and Roosters are low, way lower odds yep. than us even though we're fourth yep fair call just think that's, yeah, but we're one, I think there's value there we're one loss away from being sixth yeah but I don't see where that loss is going to come from because we're going to beat the Panthers Anyway, let's not look too far ahead. What I want to do is there's a few other topics we talked to before we get there. What about Magic Round? That got a massive press release on Monday, and then yep. Todd Greenberg um, had a bit of egg on his face because he announced the week that they were playing Magic Round. For all of you that don't know, it's that's all eight games in a stadium over a weekend or a long weekend. He announced it on the same week as um, a Super Rugby booking in Suncorp, so he's had to go and change the date already. Uh, I think that's just moaning. Oh, who cares? As if anybody booked their flights that early. No, but I mean, it just looks like a dickhead, doesn't he? Uh, I think you've been reading too many crisis merchants. It's not something I'm really worried about. I'm more worried about like teams and clubs withdrawing players from national footing. That's like. Pfft. What about Magic Round though? Oh, I'm a big believer. I'm a big believer in it. Um, I just am worried about the turf. 
eight games in three days. If it gets a bit of rain, you and know, and then Suncorp someone will worry about injuries. Yeah. What's that? Suncorp has had turf issues before, hasn't it? It has this year. It hasn't necessarily in the past. Mm. Um, I, I, I think it's a great concept. I mean, I've seen on the Twitter sphere that a lot of Sydney, well, maybe not, but Gus Gould just moans about it. Why are we taking it to uh, Brisbane? Mm. Um you know, Brisbane have paid for it. I mean, uh, to be honest, I reckon Brisbane's a great town for uh, like a little weekend away like that. Everything's as close to the city. Um, hey, I'll, I'll be going. Yeah, I, I, I could get in behind the idea. I like it. They do it in the UK now, don't they? They have a, a huge. Is it? Do they have it at Wigan? No, they just share it around. So, well, big shout out to Hawley here. Sorry, Wembley. I mean. One, no, not Wembley. It's one of our big UK fans. He actually went up there two or three weeks ago, which was at St. James Park in Newcastle. Mm. Uh, they've done it at Millennium Stadium, I believe, and uh, I think they might have even done it at Anfield. So they, they sort of take it around outside the league heartland areas and try and get everyone travelling there. So, you know, it's, I guess it's like a, a soccer World Cup. You sort of get a lot of people traveling away from home prepared to sort of play up that's the sort of environment you want right um and you know you're full of leagueies it's brilliant i mean i can imagine the uk one big so they call it magic weekend over there you think the guys at the nrl the marketing department could have at least come up with a new fucking term or just steal theirs and they call it magic round it's a good point actually that's a very good point fucking terrible Maybe we should put a poll on our Twitter at legal under slash council to see what could it be called. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure um, the third unofficial member of the show, you, you Simon Denny, Melbourne composer Simon Denny, would have a crack at that. Um, anyway, we're into State of Origin 3, huge game, standalone weekend, Sunday, game two, Homebush Stadium, Blues up 1-0. What, how do you see this one going? Some A couple of changes? Um, couple of changes. I mean, I think you'd agree with me. Matt Pryor is an odd one, uh, a very odd one. It sort of, to me, takes a lot of shine off a game that I was really looking forward to. He just does belong in that, I guess, in that arena, so, so to say. Um, I really, I am excited about Ponga going in there. Mm. I think it's an even money game. I think Queensland could do it. Um, I think they a dry track would help Queensland. Will they get a full house? Yep, it'll be a full house, and it won't be a dry track. There's been, in the last two weeks in Sydney, we've probably only had about two dry days. It's been extremely wet over here. Um, and that cock-a-hoop, you know, when New South Wales win game one, the same thing happened last year. Very, very high level of confidence. Um, I think that Regan Campbell-Gillard, although he's one of the best prop forwards in the competition, he didn't do anything in Origin 1, so I don't think that'll be a huge loss. Um I mean, Matt Pryor over Ryan James, I take offence to that. I just, I just, you play the better athlete, the guy that's been knocking on the door for four or five years. By playing Matt Pryor, you're just playing a, you're just playing a warm body, really, aren't you? A guy that can just hold up an end. He's going to run for 47 metres and he's going to make 23 tackles. He's not going to do anything. But maybe that's what they want. But Ryan James is capable of, A, making a couple of big busts. He's a big try scorer and he may punch someone. <laughs> which is exactly what you want because they won't get Sinbin so yeah you're fair enough um, yeah but I think it's going to be a fantastic I really want to see Munster control the game more really inject himself I think they need that 
um, that flair. I mean, otherwise, personnel-wise, on the Queensland team, there's nothing much else, really, is well, there? William Slater is going to be playing. Is that right? But he could be under an injury clear because he didn't play last week. I think he's confirmed he he's playing. Play, so that no means that what's Ponga going to do? Is he going to come off the bench in a roving role? Or what's the point of playing Ponga off Slater? There's no point bringing Ponga off the bench. No, not at his age. So that means I'm very disappointed in Michael Morgan because I thought that they could have um, him being injured. I thought they could have brought him to the seven jersey, maybe brought Ben Hunt onto the bench and spell McCulloch coming in and playing a bit of hooker and maybe you know the opening up the last 25 minutes. I just can't see it going any other way than a Blues victory and they'll carry on like they've won the World Cup or something after they've won one game, a uh, one series. But um. They, yeah, well, good luck. They, they deserve it, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be a great well, it'll be a great game. It'll be a great weekend of football, won't it, Rehari? Let's be honest. Well, yeah, that's going to be a massive game since on Sunday. So, you know, I mean, with the kickoff, what time would the kickoff be? I think it's seven. It's at like seven. It's eight p.m. Sunday. Shit. Basically, the same time as a normal Origin game, but on a Sunday. Uh, Interesting. It was 17 years ago they had the last Origin game on a Sunday, and I seem to remember that 2001. It went okay. Was that the series? That... No, it wasn't. That was 2002. Yeah. Oh, I can't remember it. it I think doesn't... 2002 was the Langer series that came back, and oh, yeah. there was a draw, and Lottie Takiri was goal kicking, and it was absolutely missing everything in sight, and he ended up making his last one, and they drew, and it was a drawn series, wasn't it? Don't no, I don't. You know, my origin. I don't really sort of uh, piece my life together based on origin series. Sorry. What are, you're more around um, warrior seasons? Is that how you do yours? Not more Kiwi tests. Well, I actually used to have a thing that um, I navigate my weekends via Warriors games because I don't know what it is that my short term memory now is completely gone, and yep. I'm not sure if that's head knocks or illicit drugs catching up on me. But now I have to, if someone goes, oh, what did you do three weeks ago? I go, hang on. Okay, so back then that was round 13. So we played the Broncos at Mount Smart. And then I'll go, oh, I did this, this, and this. That's basically, I anchor my life based on Warriors games. Yeah, um, okay. You do yours based on Kiwi games. Is that how you do your years? Well, my years, I mean, I always think about the Anzac Test year, like the one we put up a fight or the one we got dogged by the ref at Canberra in 2012, I think it was. Um, yeah, that's how I, how I run it. And then I always, yeah, and those, the Warriors finals appearances, I, always, I do definitely, those are sort of memories. I always remember where I was watching those, game, those games, you know. 11... 10, 8, eight 7, seven. Three, three, two, two one. 1. That's it. Yep. Um, international rounds. So, geez, I mean, people were being a bit wind up merchant about this Denver test, but now we're there, over there. I'm fucking excited about it. It's Sunday morning at 6 a.m., is it? It's Sunday morning, 6 a.m. Australian time. Um, I've given a big shout-out to a mate of mine, Tucker Hudson. So he's going to go down to the Open Training Session for Legal Counsel. Is he? And see if he can get a few photos and a couple of interviews. Do you think you could get him on record and we'll have him uh, maybe seeing if he can get into Nigel Wagner, the player welfare. Um, that would be good. And Nathan Kalis is over there too. So they're training at Denver University at 2 p.m. for all our... Um, Colorado it's an Open Training Session for all our Denver listeners. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I think the boys are going to be feeling a bit weird What's now, or they're going to go, uh, it's that it'll probably be, but they'll be jet lagged as hell that first day. It's always a shit mm. feeling, but mm. I think once they get they have a training session and then there'll be obviously a lot of media stuff I'd, I'd say they'd be doing, mm. um, explaining the rules to a, a bit, uh, a few people. I know in terms of media, uh, legal counsel hasn't gone over there this year. We're planning on doing maybe next year's. No, uh, James fucking Hooper's got over there, so is Jamie Salwood. Has and, he? And Brenton Speed is doing the uh, call on the game. Is he? And Michael... Who, uh, Blair Walter? The who's the... Who's Blair... What, Blair... The other guy from SMH. He's there too. Brad Walter. Brad Walter, yeah. Yeah. Um, how do you see the game going? At the moment, you've got some huge withdrawals from New Zealand, which we we'll probably need to touch on. Um, Johnson reportedly didn't get released from the Warriors because of his only just come back from injury. But, I mean... Again, I, heard it was I, hate to, I hate to say this, if it was state of origin, I mean, Dane Gagai fucking compound dislocated his finger the two days before the game and he plays. So there's clearly a desire to play origin as stronger than the desire to play international football. For and most. that's wrong. It's wrong, I, it's especially wrong, when, you get, true. It's wrong when you get Matt Pryor playing. I know. But what I'm trying so, to say is that Johnson, he didn't get let out or whatever, but uh, Tohu Harris... And Roger Tuivasa-Shek said they had family commitments that they um, didn't want to go over to Denver. So I'm wondering if, you know, one-off tests like this over in Denver, because of the travel distance, are probably going to come up against a little bit of a, oh, will it suit me, will it won't suit me. But the good thing is, is there's only a couple of those and we get a good look at a lot of other young players. I think the long and the short of it is there's some guys I'm excited about seeing like Jermaine Yasako, who I think is the second coming of David Fusitua. Um, yep. We've got James Fisher-Harris, who I'm really excited seeing having another crack in the jersey. Um, I always like watching Joseph Tapanay play and Ursan Masters, who is just... Oh a really exciting young prospect and over on the English side they've picked their best team so at the moment you have to yeah, say George English. Williams pulled out and no Josh Hodgson though and the Burgess boy what, what Burgess boy just pulled uh, out Thomas. George oh wasn't he as George yeah he just he, he pulled out the entry but you have to say England going with probably double digit favourites and maybe you know come away with a win just with experience across the board and I think Tamare Martin and Cody Nicarima probably a fourth choice half combination you would say yeah agreed um you know i just want to touch on you sort of say people pulling out for family reasons i mean for fuck's sake how, how, how long have they been a father wouldn't they want to get away for a couple of weeks <laughs> um so i just don't understand where that decision comes from especially with a accent um over in north america i've heard phenomenal um reception yeah i, don't know. Yeah, I mean the boys, um, they have, they're probably not going to be in the media that much, but I guess um, Hooper will be sniffing around as they go to the bars and stuff. Hoops, and then, will, be, hoops will be locating the Israel Dags, let me tell you that for sure. And mile high stadium yeah. at altitude, apparently it's um, 75% more stronger when you indulge illicit drugs at altitude. What's an Israel Dag? A bag. Oh, yeah, okay. He'll be finding those. Definitely, yeah. Quite La Paz, Bolivia. I don't know if you've been there, but that seems yeah. to be the... Uh, the other thing I want to touch on is Samoa Tonga on oh, Saturday night. Fuck on Have you seen up. these Tongans on bloody Instagram? Instagram? And yeah. They are just immature. It's not sustainable. They are... <laughs> 
They enjoy each other's company. They enjoy each other's company. I know that you are, and I'm deeply hurt as well by four of our better players turning their back on the Kiwi jersey for Tonga, but I've come to appreciate it and admire it. Like, they're obviously turning down a lot more money, and they seem to really believe in the group that they've got going at the moment. I will say one thing is, if it wasn't for David Kidwell, this whole Tonga movement would never have started. Tom Malolo, Fusitua, and Manu Ma'u would never have gone. Um, CSO, Siwa Takiaho, I don't believe he would have either. And I think without Tom Malolo, you would never have got Fafita. And then basically from then on, so they were rebelling against Kidwell at the time. It was clear but now that they've moved, did you know there's not one Tongan in the New Zealand side, given that the huge population of Warriors and New Zealand League players are Tongan? And if you look through the New Zealand League team, they're just Samoans and Māori. And I think, actually, no, we've got no Caucasian males apart from Slade Griffin. So yep. it's really like Samoa Māori versus Tonga. And I just can't see a Tongan in the near future playing for New Zealand over Tonga. Do you see that happening? Is it oh, a seismic shift? It's a huge shift, but I mean, I, to be honest, I don't, I don't care. I mean, I was gutted losing town. There's some good players there, but you know, they need to start producing some halves until they you know, catch up with the big boys. So I'm not really that, that scared. I mean, I still think our yeah, top side will blow them away. If you know what I mean. Look, I'm going. All, I'm all for Tawa Samoa on Saturday night, and I think they could pull off an upset. Yeah, unfortunately, they seem to have a fair few players that they probably were banking on, like Leeson Armo, Raymond Fatala Mariner and Kim Malo. I think I think I thought they would have been pretty confident they all would have been able to turn out for Samoa, but they've in turn um representing New Zealand. Um geez, I'm excited about seeing Anthony Milford for the um for the Samoans. And I love watching BJ Joseph BJ Leilu. Oh, yeah, he yeah. he is everything that epitomizes a Samoan jumper. Exactly, and he—if you rile him up—he will go hard. I can still remember that game he played at the 2014. Was 2014 Tri Nations where yeah. he just shat 15. on Sean Kenny Dow. 15. 2015, yeah, when he just shat on Sean Sorry, Kenny Dow 14, at, at 14, 14, You're right. You're 14, right, yeah, and he um, just killed Sean Kenny Dow. He terrorises them, and New Zealand only just beat them with a couple oh, minutes last to go. Last try from Bully. Um, but BJ Leilua, again, he just, he's not as consistent as he was two years ago. He played a very good game again. Was it the weekend? He seems to recover from injury very quickly, doesn't he? Correct. Um, and he's missing Leipana, his, or Ropana, his mate. But he's got that Michael Oldfield who was un, missed out on Tongan selection this year, unfortunately. Yeah, he'd be devastated. Um, but Mahe Fanua is out for the season, unfortunately, with Michael Morgan. A couple of big-name injuries this this week, so he might get the call-up. A um, couple people requested a little further information about what you referred to, the Friday night game at 6pm as the pub game. Now, you did go on record to say what it was a few weeks back, but perhaps you could elaborate on that, mate, what the pub game is. So the pub, is pub game, I think 6pm is basically... Uh, it's a pub game because I basically end up working away and I sort of look up and go far out it's 5.45 or something like, there's no way I can get home to watch this so you just end up at the pub and then 
one thing leads to another and you're ending up watching the 7.30 game and then one thing leads to another and someone's got um, Philip Chislington's number and calling him up. Then one thing leads to another another, and you get home at 4am and oh, you've got marriage counselling the next week. Wow. For them, I don't even want to know how you got there, mate. But I do know that a lot had to do with the Warriors winning on a Friday night at 6pm. And what we both talked about is if you win on a Friday night, especially the pub game, winning in the pub game, because you're right, oh, it's 5.45 yeah. and you go, I it's going to be, take me 40 minutes to get to home. I can't bear the thought of listening on the radio to this game yeah. and then running into their house not even like having time to say hello to the missus. She'll be completely pissed off with you for not paying any yep. attention. You turn the TV over, you put the league on, you're going to get huge amounts of static. So what you do is you go, well, I'm going to have to avoid all that. I'm going straight to the pub, watch the pub game. If your team plays in the pub game and you win, you just you just basically get a free second lock. Well, you get a second win and you, do, you decide to watch the next game and just... You've got just nothing to worry about, and you wake up the next morning, and you just really enjoy reading the Daily Telegraph, don't you? It's just the most peaceful time of your life when you get a winner in the pub game. Honestly, it is. It, it is. And it, it's, a, it's a danger one for me um, <laughs> because we actually do end up playing quite a lot of pub games because our home games end up being pub games, you know? Mm. So but, I've got to watch it. Um, i tell you what, though. The but, pub game can go horribly wrong, though. I mean... Just the, the sheer ex- ecstasy of a pub win, pub game win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about a horrible weekend as a pub game loss. You oh, just yeah. your Friday's ruined, which is a very you know a euphoric time for anyone finishing the working week. And then going in, you're waking up on a Saturday yeah. morning, and it's like it's not like a Saturday or a Sunday. It's not like a weekend anymore. No. It's like a funeral. <laughs> Well, well, so even if you lose a Thursday night game, you sort oh. of got work to sort of. Well, not, yeah, not you've got a head. Friday to pick you up, but losing yeah, yeah, yeah. the pub game. <laughs> you're fuck. right. It's actually, I was going to say it'd be worse, than, but the way you've put it, yes, the pub game is tough to lose. Great to win. <laughs> I tell you what, I was watching. Um, I didn't actually watch the pub game with at the pub. Um, I was working late on Friday night with another guy who absolutely loves the Warriors and Legal Council too. Shout out to Tyler Shepard. Um, we were watching the Warriors beat the Cowboys and people who have always come up to Warriors fans, they go, I just, I don't know how you guys can do it. And they kind of understand. They don't, you know, supporting a team that can just promise so much and never deliver is a certain kind of fan and it's a certain kind of belief that you have to have. And I was talking to him after the game, and I said, fuck, this team just gives me a heart attack. I actually, I feel physically sick watching him. But he described it as, and I and I think he nailed it, as every time you win, you go to hell on back, don't you? Because yeah. like, it takes you, even the wins aren't comfortable. They're not like, you know, we're smashing a team. It's We're hanging on for dear life for 30 yep. minutes from a fucking team that we should beat comfortably. Which was in the, which was last week's pub game. Yeah, yeah I know. it's it's definitely an emotion. We're we're junkies to it these days, aren't we? Yeah, you're immune to it, but it doesn't it doesn't hurt any less more any more any no. less. Um, again, as we sort of progress through this agenda, guys getting hunted down from behind. So I've noticed, you know, when somebody makes a break, mm. 
and they get and they don't notice the guy behind them is mm. about to tackle them and there's generally a higher rate of losing the ball there because they aren't um, protecting the ball like they do if you go into a front on tackle um, would you agree with me that you know when somebody's made a break and then they're sort of looking for support and they don't look at the guy coming in behind them to hammer them and they lose it mm. um, what are you so, saying this happen more these days or not no, doesn't it? I mean, I think because it's happened all the time, but it, I think it's happening more these days because the athletes are so attuned to taking the ball into contact front on. But anyway, what I'm saying is, is there an opportunity there to let slow people make a line break and think they've got through and then just get your centre or your wing just to fly in from the side and just waste them from behind where out of their blind spot, there's a good chance they'll lose the ball. So you're basically coming up with a concocted defensive play. Yes, you wouldn't do it. And you you're, and you're like making a sign. So say you're defending in the middle and yep. you're signing, signaling to the winger to maybe drop back. Right. And yep. then you're yep. like putting your arm up high and making him run under your arm and bursting through and then your wing is coming from the side and trying to knock the ball out. High risk, fucking high risk. You're to put him through to a line break where his blind spot is where your winger is. Yeah, that's very high risk, but extremely inventive. It reminds me... You're doing it if, like, the guy's got the ball, they've got the ball with two minutes to go and and you're down by six type thing. Okay, so you're trying to manufacture something out of nowhere. It reminds bit, me but... of when I was younger and I played lunchtime league, uh, not sorry, lunchtime, backyard league with my little brother. And I would purposely do that. I would like raise my arm so he would go under it and I could yeah. turn around and then ankle tap him so he would fall oh, flat on his face. It was just, yeah, a, really. a, just a real <laughs> satisfying thing to do that he thought he got away with me, but I'd be quick enough to <laughs> ankle tap him and he'd just fall flat on his face. So I, I can kind of appreciate it. your arm over. Yeah, I think you're sort of, par- you're sort of shipping him through. You're sort so of like, it, take it. Yeah, yeah like you, you raise your arm up highest as you possibly can without looking like a complete idiot. And yeah. then he sees kind of like a hole and he sticks his head under but then you quickly turn around and you ankle tap as quickly as you can a good ankle tap doesn't happen in rugby league these days and I think that they invented Uh, the thing yeah quite they did Um, so the other one thing I noticed um, the other day remember the grand finals when uh, a team would score a try and they'd do a cut to the league to club. the uh, the league club and everyone's oh. up jumping clapping oh. that is, why don't they do that anymore that's brilliant I mean I just remember your Newcastle leagues clubs or yep. the banks the Belmore Bankstown leagues clubs just the photos of uh, the, the live crossing of people going completely bonkers and I didn't I was quite young at the time I didn't really understand what was happening but it just looked like they were just high on something they were just oh, so aggressive so but some teams don't have a leagues club, so the Warriors. Um, where where should they cut to for the Warriors? Um, maybe the Gold maybe. Coast, somewhere in the Gold Coast, <laughs> or like just that pub that was one once the Warriors. That would be brilliant. <laughs> McClutchies. <laughs> or I reckon the Storm. You'd probably just go like to the Crown Casino, Platinum Room, or something. True. Where is the Storms? What happened to Olympic Park? Where is that these days? That's where it's... Um, is that where Amy Graham is? No, it's next to it now. I think they made it to a VFL ground. But 
um, Tower Tower and Nikau Lower Rightling Memorial Stadium is just next to it. Okay. Um, did you see the paper this? Were you reading the paper this morning, the Daily Telegraph? No. no. There was a photo of Latrell Mitchell in the surf. Oh, I've seen it at Kuji. Now, you want to talk about professional athletes and their rigs, which I understand. I'm I'm old enough and experienced enough to know that there are freaks of nature out there and there are people <laughs> that just can do what the fuck they want. They can eat and drink, you know, kind of like the Larry Birds of the world that yeah. don't have to be a chiseled to be a complete freak of what they do. Yeah. But when you're playing a physical contact sport such as rugby league, natural ability can only get you so far. And to see his body and people but someone had a fucking nerve hurry. to say it was puppy fat and I said no mate like, <laughs> but there's also bad angles oh come there's on there's bad angles man. no and there's a f- that well, is I, the sloppiest rig I've what? ever seen so you're saying you wouldn't want him playing for your team because you just saw that no, photo of his rig no what it was is it shocked me it shocked me to think how good he is now with that rig and no, if he was actually the- not a lazy cunt and don't say it's anything other than being a lazy cunt because he's a lazy cunt for letting his rig do that. Rehurry. If he was not a lazy cunt, he could be the greatest player that this world's ever You're seen. You're missing the whole point. He wouldn't be the same player if he was ripped. He'd probably be more injury prone, you know? Our bodies, especially our, us indigenous people, we have a different sort of Did body you say make. us indigenous people or you meant to say the indigenous people? Well, what's different? Well, one is you and other is other people other than you that are indigenous which I think that you meant anyway I'll let you continue well, anyway, I've got a similar I've got a similar body type to indigenous people our body is sort of has a natural state of a bit of puppy fat because we're hunters and gatherer type people so as soon as you get muscle bound you're more injury prone and you're, you, your game is different it's like when some players come out of pre-season and they're so mechanical yeah I think I'm, you're missing the point a little I'm bit not, here. I'm, 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 I'm understanding what you're saying, that different body types and all that completely get it. But Greg Inglis is, an, is very similar stature, height. You know, he, he probably and was a little bit predisposed. He? He's not that injury prone. Uh, I'd like to have a new... St- we talked about stats. Actually, that's a great step someone should come up with. Percentage time available in career. The best ava- uh, the best ability is availability. Exactly. If you did a percentage time availability, and you could do different sets, percentage time availability fitness, so percent FA, or you could have percent um, DA, which is discipline availability. So you'd have players like John Lomax that was 60%. <laughs> Steve <laughs> Matai, who was about 43%. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, fair call. I, I just uh, my point I wanted to make about Latrell is, if he ever really gets it and starts getting into the gym and that, I think it could be anything. I mean, if this is how good he is with that rig, then fuck me, he could be anything. Um, I disagree. So, oh, anyway, commentators' use of the word ordinary. Okay, so have you noticed? Brandy does it a bit. Quite a lot of the Foxtel commentators do it, but they'll say. Oh, that's an ordinary tackle. Oh, that's an ordinary kick. But it's a shit kick. Yeah. Ordinary to me means okay. So ordinary well, would be... But that's what people say when they say that is an average check. Yeah, so a kick, I meant kick. Or check. Okay. 
got to say poor or bad. Don't say ordinary. Ordinary's acceptable. Ordinary's no, ordinary is worse than average. Is it? I, I thought it ordinary. Is. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Do I have to pull no, out? No, I know thing? you're right, but I think over time that the use of the word is almost dictated uh, maybe a different state than what its dictionary meaning is, if you know what I mean. Uh, but anyway, ordinary is, is commonly or distinctive features, normal. So I'm thinking if you're a kick and you boot it 60 metres down the field and Darius Boyd catches on the full, that's ordinary. Yeah, I know, but like it's been so well trained to think that ordinary is poor, like average. Oh, that's an average pass. Yeah, but you're not using the word properly. I'd rather you see it. That's a Ooh, that's poor an pass. pass. Yeah, you should. But I mean, an average pass is a, it's not right in the bread basket. It's, no, it's in the bread basket, but it's too slow. Well, average is the same as ordinary. Exactly, I agree with you. But they both use the same way. They used it as a derogatory term. Yeah, okay. But I think there's better change. terms. I mean, there's better terms that the commentators use. Yeah. I mean, is there's the word brilliant, which. Mark Gaznier and Michael Inglis say is brilliant. They brilliant. Yeah, yeah. They actually can't say the word L, other letter L. There's also a real cracker that Joey Johns has been using lately when a big tackle happens. He says he just creases him. Oh, <laughs> you hear, yeah, I have heard him say that. Have oh, you heard Joey like, say that? I have heard him say that. The other one, that, and it's not our sport, but cricket, where they say that's a good nut. What does is that it mean? Nut, they say? Yeah, that's a good what? nut. Well, they say it's a jaffa. A jaffa? Oh, it's I mean, just it's... Shane Warne. Fuck. I can't believe Foxdale signed him up. No. Is that what the Shane average... Warne? Or are you talking about David Warner? No, Shane Warne. Great commentator. The... Has been... You're out of his commentator. I love listening to Shane. I could listen to Shane Warne all day talk about cricket. Yeah, I don't. Oh, I just don't rate him. See, David Warner got a gig in Channel 9. You are kidding. No. Well, no, that's fair enough. Because apparently his wife had a miscarriage. God, can you believe it? Do not. Do not get me started on that. He's a, he's, he's scum. He's, he's a scum of the earth. He's a person. Yeah, he is. He's a scum of the earth. But I was thinking, and another thing, I, I want to have an argument about, I know we're running out of time here, Rhi Harry, but you, again, are sticking up for the Australian Soccer Football Federation for losing to France. You thought it was a good effort. Oh, I did. I think they could they hold their head up high. It. No, you said that they should be devastated if they lose. And I said, and you and you they said, should they shouldn't be holding their head up high. And I said, they should be both. No, they shouldn't. You they, can no, be no. gutted that they no. lost because they should be. But also, they could hold their head up high because they played a team that was worth, like, what, a billion dollars? But that doesn't matter in soccer. Yeah, I think they'll still be gutted. But they, they can be, be gutted about losing. I mean, if, they're, if, if they're worth more, sledge them. Yeah, but they can still hold their head up high, mate. I wouldn't. Well, I'm more saying about. I mean, the world of the world is speaking, and everyone's saying the Australian did fantastic. But the world has changed, and I, I, you know, yeah, lay it's down the participation Sally. era. Yeah, you know, so I, what I think if lay down her? Sally, if lay down Sally happened now, people would be like, oh, beyond blue. If you need to talk to someone, here's the number. Yeah, you know, like back, you know, I like that bad that Australian. She was like, she's useless. How could you do that? That's un-Australian. Australia's changed a lot in the last ten to fifteen years. Um, I, I think that the world's changed a lot in the last 10, 15 years with their acceptance of not winning, and that's a, that's an epidemic. But I do have to say that the headline which you were referring to that they should hold their head up high. 
is, I think, a fair comment because... Yeah, okay, we're going to have to disagree again, Harry. This is getting ridiculous how much we're disagreeing now. Well, it's good. Well, people say they agree too much. Looking ahead, right, to representative round, I'm going to run you through every game and you're going to give me a call and then we're going to come back with... and you're going to tell me what your punt of the round is. I'm going to start off with the arena. Game one... Sorry, game two. Game no, Friday night, the, the, the women's arena. Okay, the women's arena. Who do you like? Oh, I think it's going to be a draw. I don't know who's good. I don't know who's good between them two. Neither do I. That's why I wasn't so, actually referring to the women's arena. Throw some money on a draw. Okay, so Saturday, the Pacific around Samoa Tonga. Ian must be, uh, so I'm going to say Samoa by four. Okay, I actually think that they might cause an upset as well. I'm going with Samoa too. Uh, Papua New Guinea versus the Bati, Fiji. Fiji win by 16. They traditionally do beat Papua New Guinea in these um, mid-year tests, don't they? Uh, It's been 2-1. to Okay. Now, the test altitude in Denver... Kiwis Warriors, uh, sorry, Kiwis England. I believe New Zealand won by one point. No, you don't. I do. I think, mate, we've got Michael Maguire as our captain. Coach. Yeah, a coach, I mean. They've yeah. got Wayne Bennett. Who gives a shit? They're going to win by 14. Oh, I think Madge is a better coach nowadays. Uh, I don't think so. So, actually, so Fiji, Papua New Guinea in 2015, Fiji won 22. 22- 10 mm-hmm. and then in 2016 Papua New Guinea beat Fiji 24-22 really yep and State of Origin 2 Queensland by five, 5 no one wins a game by 5 points nah, they do they, they get head. a field goal and then um, then uh, they do a field goal and then uh, Matt Pryor uses my sort of technique because they're to try and ankle tap him, but uh, Muntz actually gets away on him. Oh, so you're saying that they get up by one, then someone gets a try and misses the conversion, so they win by five. Yeah, okay, I think that New South Wales will win by 16. Wow. Home game, Batches Blues. Be a huge crowd behind them. Do you reckon the Stadium Australia at Homebush is not even a home game for the Blues? It's just such a soulless place to play that it favours neither team I guess so what are they doing it up not sure um, I'm pretty sure if it's full it'll be okay so no pub games then well no the pub game yeah well that's good for me to keep my marriage going now do you want me to look ahead to round 16 do you know what the... No, 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 we'll do that after rip round. I do have to say one thing to you, though, mate. What? Pub game. Pub game is Warriors Sharks. <laughs> Fuck, yeah, it's a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. I think... Oh, oh, <laughs> that, that, that could go different ways for you. Many. Oh, no. Anyway... Um, all right, mate. Well, good, good stuff. We'll uh, we will chat to you this time next week. Hopefully, after a glorious carnival of rugby league this weekend. Gotta love your league. Gotta love your league.
Wake up in the morning after the weekend to get an update on the NRL. Me legal counsel. Wake up in the morning after the weekend to get an update on the NRL. My legal counsel. Hits of the week and scandals on Monday. A story from Jack about a urinal. My legal counsel.